But here's why I got into that mastermind. I knew, and I learned this from Tony Robbins, you have to surround yourself with people doing bigger things than you so that you are inspired to move toward that. This is not your average business podcast because here we are going to discuss how you hit your goals without losing yourself, your values, or your relationships along the way. We believe in the whole person versus the long-term hustle approach and demonstrating to our children what living a life full of purpose is truly about. We're here for the woman who is an aspiring entrepreneur, developing her personal brand, and staying open to the opportunities that come before her. We're here for the woman yearning to find businesses that align with her, her core being, so she can feel in alignment with her life. Come on this journey with us as we navigate this very full season and pursue a life we love. Are you feeling stuck? Are you searching for a greater purpose? Are you craving connection? Perfect. You are in the right place and we're excited to get you one step further than you are today. Today, we have the pleasure of having Amy Porterfield on the podcast. Abby and I were just telling her we have been huge fans of hers for years now. And her podcast has personally accompanied me on many walks, lunches as a nurse, and road trips when I was first starting my business. The value that she brings to this industry is unmatched, and we love how motivated and tangible we feel after listening to her episodes. I'm sure most of our audience is very familiar with you, but I would love if we started the conversation with where you got started as an entrepreneur. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this. And so if I go way back, I've been building my business for 14 years now. And my last corporate job was with Tony Robbins and I was the director of content development. So I got to travel the world with Tony and work on the content that he does on stage, like unleash the power within and date with destiny. So if you know, Tony, you know, those events, but while I was there is when I finally realized I want to be my own boss. There was this one very specific meeting. Tony brought in a bunch of internet marketers who own their own businesses. They talked about their businesses and all I heard was freedom. And I realized, wait a second, I have never really been free. I've always had a boss. And the funny thing is, I was good at having a boss. I loved having a paycheck every other week or every other, yeah, every other week. And I loved climbing the corporate ladder and impressing my bosses. I was really good at that. I liked the security and the safety of it. However, what I realized is I'm working for someone else. I'm on someone else's time, someone else's dime. And in that moment, I wanted more freedom, more white space, more creativity. I wanted to call the shots. And so after that meeting, it took me about a good year to actually move out of my corporate job and start my own business. And what I did is I started doing social media for small businesses. And so I basically a service-based business in the beginning. It wasn't what I loved. I didn't actually create a business I loved right from the get-go, but it was enough to kind of get me going. And so that was the first thing I did as an entrepreneur. Fast forward 14 years later, and now what I do is I create, I create digital courses and teach other people how to create digital courses to grow their businesses. But that's kind of how it all started. 
Yeah, we have so much in common with liking what we're doing and being good at what you're doing. It's those golden handcuffs, right? And they can keep you stuck for so long because it's like, well, it's not that bad, but also it's not that good. And we're missing this freedom that you mentioned. And that's a big part of entrepreneurship is having the ability to have that freedom. And we know a big part of your story is that you were behind the scenes for much of your life as this ex-corporate gal. And then when you went into your world of entrepreneurship, all of a sudden it came with a switch and that was being more forward facing. So for those who are looking at making this transition, please tell us, what would you go back and tell that brand new entrepreneur version of yourself that was starting to make that switch? Okay. I love that you brought this up because when you're right, I was always behind the scenes. And so when I went out on my own, I realized, wait a second, I need to create videos. I need to be on social media. I need to show my face. I've always been self-conscious of my weight. And so that was like a big, big hurdle for me. And so I started making videos right from the get-go and I was in this little condo in San Diego, California, and I was uh, making these videos and I had a horrible background, literally horrible lighting. It, It was a bad scene, but it was all I knew. And so I'd make these videos, but never post them. And my husband, who was kind of watching behind the scenes, he said one day, where are all these videos that I hear you making in your office, but I don't see them anywhere. And I looked at him and I said, I'm so scared of what people are going to think of me. My old coworkers are going to say, who is she to be doing that? She doesn't know enough about that topic or my boss, Tony Robbins. I was scared what Tony would say about me putting myself out there making these videos. And he looked at me and he's like, babe, I love you so much, but I got to give you some tough love. They're not caring about what you're doing. They're on going on with their life. They're worried about what they're working on. They don't care, but you're caring about what other people think and they're not even paying the bills. Like, ooh, you make a great point there. And so I had to let go of what would people think or what if this doesn't work? Because I knew if I didn't make these videos, if I didn't go forward facing, my competitors would. Like I knew I couldn't grow this business without showing my face and showing up. So slowly but surely I started to do it. I did not love it. I was very apprehensive, very self-conscious, but I also knew my greater why. I wanted the freedom. I wanted to work when I wanted, where I wanted, how I wanted, and I knew I couldn't get to what I wanted without being forward facing. So I had to let my why kind of squash my worries. And that's essentially how I started to get going and put myself out there. I love that you shared that because so many of our students have the same struggle and we always encourage them like, you have to practice, like you just have to do it and eventually you have to hit post. You have to do it. And so that's just, I mean, look at how far Amy has come and it never would have happened if she wouldn't have posted those eventually. Absolutely. And I have this motto that my friend uh, Stu McLaren had taught me and it's start before you're ready. And I really do believe everybody listening, I think you should start before you're ready because I don't know if I would have ever been ready to be my own boss. I don't know if I've ever been ready to put myself out there and make an offer But if I just get started, if I take action, action creates clarity, clarity creates results. I just had to start even before I wasn't ready. Mm, I love that. We want to take a quick break to bring up our course, 
purposeful podcast. This is an A to Z course on exactly what it takes to start and run a successful podcast. As Amy is talking about in this interview, podcasting has been a huge part of her business and it's a huge part of our business too. So if you are ready to take the leap and start a podcast of your own, we have a course that can help you do just that. We've had a lot of students go through this course. A lot of them already have their podcasts in the world, some in as little as one month. So if you've been thinking, I want to start a podcast, this is your sign. The time is now and you're going to be able to do something that you're super passionate about, just like the three of us in this interview. Amy Porterfield is a dream guest for us and it only took us a year and a half to get her on. So think big, dream big, join Purposeful Podcast today. The link is in the show notes. Right before we got started, we were telling you how tangible your podcast is. I mean, honestly, if you listen to it 30 minutes later, you're ready to go make a freebie or try a new chatbot feature. I mean, truly, you do such a great job of that. Now, I know podcasting is huge for your business. You are over 500 episodes into it. I want to know what do you still love about podcasting and why is it such an important part of your business? Oh, I love this topic. Podcasting is one of the biggest assets inside my business. Without it, I would not be where I am today with a multi-million dollar business. And the reason for that is I love podcasting because it puts you in front of audiences you normally would not have access to. So when I'm on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Spotify or iHeartRadio, I'm getting pushed out to audiences that I did not have access to before. And to me, that is powerful. Also, when I first started podcasting, video wasn't a thing, which I loved. Now we do a lot of video with podcasting. I do too on my own podcast, but it is easier than a video show. So you could take snippets of this, post it on social, but essentially people are listening. And I think it's easier to get started with podcasting. But I think one of my most favorite things about podcasting is when I meet people in real life, they feel as though they know me. They're familiar with my voice. I've been in their ears for a long time. I'm in in personal spaces with them, on their commute to work, on their jogs, uh, when they're washing the dishes. I'm with them a lot of the day, and I know that makes a connection far beyond anything else I could do. And I also love that podcasting is a great list builder. I do believe if you talk about your freebies, your lead magnets, your giveaways on your podcast, you can really grow your list while you're growing your audience. So there's so much about podcasting I love. And what you said there makes perfect sense to me because I, I've probably listened to 500 of your episodes before. <laughs> so I feel really comfortable in this conversation. Good. Whereas if I hadn't, I feel like I would be more nervous to talk to you, but I'm like, I know everything about this woman. We're, not, we're old friends. Yeah. I love that. When we find that too, when we're at lunch or if we're all getting coffee or at the grocery store, people will come up to us and be like, ah, is this weird? Because I feel like I know you. It's like, great. We already cut past, you know, the small talk. Let's get right into it. Where can we help kind of a deal? So it is, it's just such a good avenue for yeah, having those conversations and getting really deep with people. And we know that there's dozens and dozens of our listeners right now, Amy, that are in podcasting. So in all different stages of this endeavor, they're either thinking about starting a podcast, they have one right now, they're looking to monetize, maybe bring on sponsors at some point, and you have experienced exponential growth in podcasting. And we know that our community just wants to get into your mind a little 
little bit on how they can increase downloads and also listeners, because those are the two questions that come up all the time. And pursuing her purpose community, if you don't yet listen to Amy, one thing that we really love about her is that she's always willing to go behind the scenes and give her students a map to her success. So what's working right now to increase downloads? I love that you asked this because we've seen exponential growth over the last year in the podcast. And I've been around podcasting since 2013. So I really wanted to make sure my podcast kept growing and not going backwards since I've been on the scene for a while. So over the last year, here's what we've done that's really worked. The first thing is we did add an extra show a week. So we do two shows a week. We actually played around with three and three felt too much for our audience, to be quite honest. It was a lot for them to take in in one week. And so we went back to two, but here's why it hasn't seemed like tons more work. On every Thursday, I have a podcast come out where it's a longer episode, 45 minutes, an hour. That's where I tend to do a lot of my interviews or step-by-step solo shows where I'm sharing marketing strategies that I've used in my own business. But Tuesdays are my absolute solo shows where they're 10, 15 minutes max. And I take you behind the scenes, share something I'm struggling with, working on, overcame something, something personal but business related. And so it's Tuesdays and Thursdays now. Right there, boom, we saw a total increase in downloads. We actually went from 500,000 downloads a month to over a million downloads a month throughout all of 2022. So we have seen exponential growth, but it wasn't just because we added another show, although that helped immensely. But I wanna point out, I'm not going to subscribe to the hustle culture, so it's a quick show that's really easy for me to create. That's one thing. Number two, we always email once a week about our podcast. If I don't email my list, I will see a decline in podcast downloads. And so letting my audience know or reminding them, I've got a new show, here's why you will love it, and giving them a little tease and linking directly to my show notes on my website where there's a player to listen to absolutely works for us. Every single week, rain or shine, there's an email about my podcast. And I might uh, talk about the Thursday show or the Tuesday show, but it comes out every Thursday, that email. So my audience knows it's coming. The other thing is we started to do promo weeks. And so once a quarter, we do a podcast promo week where we'll do something special for the podcast. We might have a special quiz that comes out. You take the quiz and then we give you the 10 episodes that are going to be the most valuable for you. Or we'll do a giveaway of a Yeti mic or a, a, a my favorite ring light or whatever it might be when you enter a contest after listening to maybe an episode of my podcast. So it's always tied to the podcast. There's give giveaways, there's quizzes, there's fun contests, whatever it might be. But once a quarter, we have a week focused on the podcast specifically. That's made a huge difference as well. And then the final thing is we did join the HubSpot network. So HubSpot is a CRM uh, software that we are actually migrating to. But the network means that we uh, promote other people's shows and other people in my industry promote my show on their podcast. Because think about this. If you're getting interviewed on other people's podcasts, the best thing you could do when they say, where can people learn more about you? Tell them about your podcast. Don't send them to your website. Don't even send them to any kind of freebie. Send them to your podcast because they are podcast listeners. That will equate into them getting into your world. So other podcasters talking about my podcast, golden. So those are all the things we did this year to hit that million download a month uh, goal that we had. 
Those were all so tangible. And I love to show that you're working for it. You know, I think yes. some people in your position, they're like, oh, I don't know. Like it's, it's just happening. And it's like, that no, <laughs> at every stage of your business, you have worked for these numbers. Yes. One thing that we wanted to circle back to, we talked about it a little bit earlier, is this idea of confidence. Yeah. Often in our group coaching calls, repeatedly, students are asking questions and they're not coming out and saying like, how do I gain confidence? Yes. But the undertone of their question is they're really afraid to speak about their business in the beginning. Mm. Or we see a lot of minimizing. Oh, it's just this little side project. They're scared to talk about it. You've talked openly about how you really had to grow in your own confidence. I'm wondering if you can give us some tangible tips for this. Yes, this is a big one. I really struggled with confidence for years and years as I went out on my own. And I think it came down to, I never really believed that I was capable of doing this on my own. You know, in my, in my new book, Two Weeks Notice, I tell the story I did not want to tell about how I took on a partner a couple years into my business. I was almost at a million dollars a year and I still felt as though maybe I can't do this alone. Maybe I need to bring a partner. And in my case, it was a man. I, I always thought I needed a man to help me throughout anything that I was doing personally and in business. So I had some kind of issues that I needed to get over for sure. But my lack of confidence led me into a partnership that ultimately helped me make a lot of money. But at the end of it, I won't give it all away. I talk about it in the book, but it was not a good scene at the end. And it really freaked me out because I had to get out of it. And I thought I was going to lose my entire business. So my lack of confidence led me to almost losing a multi-million dollar business. So I know what it feels like to feel like you're not enough. And here's what I'll say about that. I look around and there's other people. And I think in our secret thoughts that we don't tell anyone, if you look around and you see other entrepreneurs doing what you want to do, there's always a part of you like, I could do that better. I actually know more than they know, or I have more experience in that. And so you kind of feel a little resentful, like, why are they exploding? But my business isn't. And the only difference I see is that they're willing to put themselves out there. They're willing to show up on video. They're willing to do two podcasts a week. They're willing to ask for what they want. I have a really good girlfriend who she's big in the industry and I watch her navigate. She asks for what she wants. She goes after it. She's not afraid at all where I'm probably a little bit more timid than her. So anyone listening that struggles with confidence, ask yourself, look around, what do you admire in other, let's say female entrepreneurs, especially who do you admire and what do you admire about them? Someone once asked me this years ago and I told her, I said, I admire the female entrepreneurs that are relentless, putting themselves out there unapologetically themselves. They're badasses. They're, they don't care what other people think. They're just going for it. And so I told her what I admired and she said, is that you? And I said, absolutely not. And she said, well, how can you embody that? How can you step into that? And so I started to work toward asking for what I wanted, putting myself out there, even when I didn't feel like I wanted to, even when I didn't feel confident. So I started to act as though I was one of those girls that I admired. And over time, I started to embody it. It became who I am. I am a totally different person than I was even five years ago. And so I'm proof that you absolutely can build the confidence and change who you are. And you don't have to wait till you make a million dollars to do so. You can do it now. 
So look who you admire and ask yourself, what about them do, do I want to embody? Mm, that's a really good prompt. And it goes back to that idea that Stu McLaren said of start before you're ready, right? Yes. You got to put yourself out there first because confidence breeds more confidence. Yeah. But you have to okay. start somewhere in order for it to get the ball rolling in the right direction. It's so and, true. Oh gosh. And, and with confidence, I know you've talked a lot about confidence as it relates to self-image and it's not just about the weight, right? It's about how you handled changing your thoughts and feelings about yourself. Yes. And it comes with a lot of self-love, it comes with acceptance, and it definitely comes with healing. And we know, Amy, so many people in our audience can really relate to your thoughts. You said this earlier about not wanting to be seen, especially if negative self-image is part of their picture. So you have made such incredible progress in this arena, and we'd love it. Could you please share your wisdom with our community on this piece specifically? Yes. So you're so right. It's not just about the weight. And for me, that was kind of like always my thing, my excuse. But at the end of the day, it really came down to uh, obviously loving myself. I, I feel as though entrepreneurship is the biggest education in self-love and self-development and growth. And so for me, I really had to ask myself, why didn't I feel as though I were worthy of this? Why didn't I feel as though I deserved it? You know, way back in the day, I, my very first really successful launch, I made $30,000 in a week. Now that's more money than I had ever seen in a week. I thought I was the richest woman in the world. It was the greatest day ever. But about an hour after I closed the cart and made that money, I started to have thoughts of, oh my gosh, something bad's going to happen because I don't deserve this. This is too much. This is, this is beyond anything. I'm scared of the other shoe that's going to drop. It was like something very real. And I asked myself, where else is this showing up? Every time something good happened, I felt like I was self-sabotaging because I felt like something bad was going to happen. It was only because I felt I didn't deserve it. So you're right. Over the years, I've done a lot of work on my thoughts. So I subscribe to this model that um, my good friend Brooke Castillo of the Life Coach School invented. And here's essentially what it is. Thoughts create feelings. Feelings create actions. Actions create results. So it starts with your thought. The first thing is you cannot believe everything you think and you cannot beat yourself up for the thoughts you have. I work with a coach on a weekly basis and she'll constantly remind me, Amy, you're not responsible for your first thought. You're responsible for your first action. It's okay to have jealous thoughts or thoughts that I don't love myself or thoughts that aren't serving as long as I catch the thought. So now I'll have a thought like, ugh. You look ugly today. You look like you've gained weight. Any thought that might come in my head. And I think about that thought and I think, no, I'm not going to indulge in that. I'm choosing a new thought. My coach tells me, give equal airtime to the opposite of the negative thought. So if my negative thought is, you look like you've gained weight, my equal and opposite thought is, you're working really hard to have a really amazing health. Like it's been a big focus for me this year. So I know you're doing the work. Thoughts create feelings. So that new feeling is going to create a new action. Because we all know the feeling of uh, I'm not good enough is not going to create you jumping on video, creating an Instagram reel that's going to blow people's minds. So just be mindful of your thoughts and know you can always, always choose a new thought. 
And you could always give equal airtime to the opposite of that negative thought. This is work. I'm not saying this is easy, but I do it every single day. Because the the flip side of that is I could just live in my anxiety and depression. That's not going to get me anywhere. Yeah, and that model, so the Brooke Castillo model, between your podcast and the Life Coaching School podcast, I feel like I've gone through so many of them, but it works, right? When you enter yourself into the model in the right spot, and if you guys follow us on Instagram, we'll make sure, first of all, you're following us on Instagram because we'll go through the model a little bit on Instagram stories this week, but you can change your actions, which which then changes your entire trajectory of your future. So it's just really cool how it, it all just works so well. Absolutely. Okay. And one thing from following you closely that we know about you is that we've seen a lot of your friendships that you've made evolve into these beautiful, deep relationships. And one thing we love to teach our community is that entrepreneurship can be very lonely if you let it be. Mm. And to make friends in the industry that understand what you're going through, you can go to whether it's on the personal side, on the business side, whatever it is. But the thing I wanted to ask you about this is, did you have to overcome any competitive feelings? Because we know a lot of your friends are in a similar space. Okay, I love this question. I've never been asked it and it's so good. Absolutely. So uh, here's a here's a good one. Jenna Kutcher and I are great friends. We talk every single day and and I want to back up a little. We talk every single day and I do the same with Jasmine Starr. And the reason for that is we are doing voice text and just checking in. What are you doing today? What interviews do you have? What are you struggling with? Quick little conversations every day because it does get very, very lonely when you're an entrepreneur, especially a female entrepreneur that is putting her heart and soul into everything. And you look up and you're like, holy cow, I've neglected collected my relationships because this baby of mine needed so much attention. And so one, I had to reach out to people. I had to make an effort. I had to be the kind of friend that I wanted them to be. And it started with me. So that's how these relationships started. But let's take Jenna Kutcher. We literally both have list building courses. So I think they're almost the exact same price and they probably are very similar. We, I don't think we've taken each other's courses, but at the same time, she shares her strategies with me and I share my strategies with her and we come from an abundance mindset. So the minute I thought, ooh, if I share this with Jenna, she might make more sales than me. That never enters my mind. I think there are so many people out there that need list building health. There's enough for both of us to go around. So the minute I got into an abundance mindset, and it was a choice, I could have been competitive. That's when this relationship of ours flourished. I've gotten so much value from it. But you're right, you have to put down that competitiveness in order to have the real relationships you want. And remember how I was talking about looking around and asking yourself what you admire in other people? Another way to look at that is look around and where do you feel jealous? Where do you feel mm-hmm. um, competitive with somebody else? And ask yourself, if, if I feel jealous about what, or envy of what that person's doing, what are they doing or what do they have that I want? And then you go after it. So for me, the minute I feel that that tinge of envy or jealousy, I ask myself, what do they have that I want? And how could I make that for myself? How can I get that for myself? So that's another question I ask myself. I am doing thought work like every minute of the day. I don't even know how I get anything done. (laughs) Thought work can be so powerful. 
for business owners on a personal level. I mean, they just all really work together. And another type of relationship, Amy, that you've talked about is the importance of having a mentor. So let's go into this one a little bit because you have had a lot of mentors over the years. They have made such significant impacts on your life. And what is the importance of this? Because I know a lot of people in our community, they're trying to figure out their budget. They're trying to figure out their time. But for you, the investment has actually helped condense some of your timeframes. So is there anything that you would let your budding entrepreneur friends know, the ones who are in our community who are asking, should I work with a coach? Should I work with a mentor? But I have a fear that's holding me back. What would you say to them? I would say absolutely. And there's a few different ways you could work with a mentor. So you are right. I have had a mentor from day one and my mentors have changed. My very first mentor was Marie Forleo. I was still in my nine to five job with Tony Robbins. Marie was doing something with Tony at the time that I was part of. So when I left my nine to five job, she had a mastermind. It was $17,000. I absolutely could not afford it. And I had to do the monthly payment plan and work my buns off to be able to afford it. But here's why I got into that mastermind. I knew, and I learned this from Tony Robbins, you have to surround yourself with people doing bigger things than you so that you are inspired to move toward that. And so for me to get into a mastermind with one mentor, Marie at the time, that was so powerful to me to get in proximity with people that were doing bigger things than me. So that's where it started. But then from there, I've had personalized one-on-one coaches and mentors along the way, different coaches. Um, I could name like a handful of different people I've worked with. I think you don't think you have to stay with someone forever. It's your season of business, what you need in that moment. You get out of it what you need and then you move on. But I also also know that this could be a very dangerous place in my head. The thoughts I have when I have a struggle with flipping the script and thinking new thoughts, I need guidance. I also need someone to talk to. And I have a wonderful husband, but he's blue collar to the bone. uh, Firefighter uh, does not work in the online space. So going to Hobie and telling him I'm having a problem with this or this or that, he can help me as a husband, but he doesn't understand the business. And so going to a coach or a mentor that understands my business is everything. So what I'll say to that is if you were to find a mentor, a coach, a guide, make sure that they've done things that you would like to aspire to. I sell digital courses. I would never hire a coach that has never sold a digital course. That does not work. However, if I was looking for someone to rehaul my finances in my business, I could look for a mentor that doesn't have to sell digital courses, but they've been able to totally rehaul their finances and turn it into something like a streamlined machine. So whatever you're looking for, make sure that mentor or coach has had success in that area. I think that makes all the difference. Yes, I totally agree with that. And I think that's one of the big things with pursuing her purpose is we have three coaches and three mentors on board. So when people sign up for their courses, they're getting three different coaches, mentors to go to. And what I always tell my coaching clients is you have the answers inside of you already. We're just the guide to help you get there. We're the guide to help you unlock the keys to your success. I love that you just said that. I went to dinner with a girlfriend last night that is a coach and she said, I never want to be someone's guru. I do not want them to look at me and think I am the end all be all. She said, I want them to know that I can help them be more of themselves and everything they need is in them right now. Exactly what you said. I think that is a beautiful coach for sure. Mm. 
And that goes right into our next question here because you have been full of one-liners. That's one thing that Amy and I love about you is that you have these mantras that when things are going really hard or when we're in a tough stretch, we're like, okay, Amy Porterfield said this, you know, make sure to keep on going, make sure to start before you're ready, make sure you know, there's all yes. these things that you can bring up. So leave our audience with a little inspiration or a little motivation to help them keep moving forward. Ah, oh, I love that. Okay, so anybody listening, whether you're still in a nine to five job and you wanna leave and start your own business, or maybe you've already started your own business, but you have those days that you're like, am I really cut out to do this? I think the biggest thing that keeps us stuck is worrying about what if it doesn't work? What if it fails? And I was talking to a friend yesterday and he reminded me of a great quote from Nelson Mandela that says, I never lose, I only win or learn. And if you go through life, imagine if you go through life thinking, oh, I'm going to win or I'm going to learn. So I can never, ever lose. To me, that is the most powerful thing. The biggest mistake I often get asked, what's the thing that you would tell your younger self or what's the biggest mistake you made in the beginning? And it was, I was so afraid of looking foolish, sounding foolish. I was afraid of this not working. I was such an achiever that if I don't make it as an entrepreneur, I am a loser. I am, I'm not worth it. I wish I would have went back and said, Amy, all you're doing is you're either winning or learning. And when you're learning, you're closer to winning again. I just wish I would have given myself more grace. So anyone listening right now, be kind to yourself. Stop beating yourself up for everything that doesn't work. I was told that 80% of entrepreneurship is troubleshooting. When I heard that, I was like, I don't know if I want to get into an industry where I'm troubleshooting every day. But would you girls agree that you troubleshoot all the time? Exactly. hundred uh, percent. Right. It just makes you so much stronger. I feel like I could figure anything out because I do figure it out. So if you're willing to troubleshoot your way through entrepreneurship, you cannot lose. Yeah. I was going to add, we've had a launch that hasn't gone our way and we're still standing. Like yes. you literally learn from what you did and you don't, you don't give up. And that's the thing that just separates people that are successful and people that are not. You just have to keep going. It happens to everyone. Like it really it's does. not going to be a home run every single time. Amen to that. My first launch, I made $267 when I thought I'd make $100,000 and I was devastated. I wish I could go back to that girl and say, this launch got you to a multi-million dollar business. If you did not do this, you would not be where you think you can go. Like you have to have these mistakes. So everything counts, everything matters. And the last thing I'll leave you with is you are exactly where you are meant to be. That's how the universe works. You are exactly where you are meant to be. So if you're listening to this in the messy middle, you are exactly where you're meant to be. Just keep going. Mm, exactly. Amy, you have been an absolute dream to interview. We know that our audience is going to get so much out of this podcast episode. For those that are not following you yet, let them know where they can connect with you. Thank you so much for asking. So I have a podcast called Online Marketing Made Easy, and my book is called Two Weeks Notice. So if you go to twoweeksnoticebook.com, you can get all the details of where to get it and the bonuses that come along when you order it. So twoweeksnoticebook.com. Wonderful. And make sure to check that out. We were able to get an advanced copy and I've been flipping through it. It is just so much gold. So you take yeah. your personal experience along with your podcasting experience, along with just the business mindset that you have that our listeners need and you pull it all into the pages of that book. So if you, much like Amy, you need to find out your greater why, like you said at the beginning, a great book to turn to. So thank you everyone for listening in and Amy, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you ladies.